know that I've got somebody hurting that's close to me that I can carry him to the throne room of grace and uh, he can he can hear my prayers and he can move in and on their behalf and man what he's worth for those of us that has had those that fight addiction in our families and when I was on my knees I just thank the Lord for uh, finding hope and what that ministry has done through Miss Nancy Jones and not only the addicts but the, but the families of addicts and how that's now moved down there through Miss LaDonna and has taken place and it's been asked here before about Celebrate Recovery coming here and there's some in the area but I guess some of them and I don't know the extent of that that's something that's in motion right now for us because Here's the deal. I told the people, come and talk to me about it. We're not really satisfied how it's going, and uh, we'd just like to find some place. And I said, well, I'm not interested in doing it if we don't have people that's going to be sold out wholeheartedly to it. Celebrate Recovery is a great, great ministry. And, and man, I talked to Chris McDaniel about it, and here's, here's what uh, Chris and others have said. That don't fit every church. Because of what I just said, most people don't want those kind of people walking through their doors. But I loved, whether it was Chris or one of his bands, that if there's ever a church it fits, it's going to be exciting southeast. They're not, they're not afraid to roll up their sleeves. They're not afraid to get down into the trenches with those people that need them to get down in the trenches. So that's something that we're praying about right now. And, and man, when we, when we see what happened with Miss Lindsay, she, she overcame and we see those kind of people in here often, and we just, uh, that's why we worship Him. That's what He does. That's what He's worth to us, because we couldn't do that on our own. Well, instead of the Psalms tonight, I want to go to a sermon that, without doubt, you've heard me preach it. It's a favorite. I go back to it. Uh, I've got a disciple group this year, and that's probably nothing new to you guys, but you'll hear me refer to it this year differently than I have the past four years. Because when I would refer to it, the last four years, what would it be? My 12 and 20 group. My 12 and 21. I would refer in the year of 22 to my 12 and 22. Last year, you heard me over and over say my 12 and 23 group. Well, I'm 54 years old now. I can't count. I was driving over here today, and I thought to myself, somewhere around Pegs, that's a long ways from Telequal campus, this is what 54 years of old will do to you. I thought to myself, boy, my truck's getting awful loud. I looked down at the RPMs, and I thought, man, that's running higher RPMs than it ever has. I drove along another mile or two and then realized it ain't a four-speed, it's a five-speed. Boy, it got a lot quieter. No RPM gauge went down when I put it in that fifth gear. I'm telling you, getting old's tough. Runs much quieter and it's much faster when I hit that next gear. Well, before I turned 54, I was already slipping. So when I refer to my 24 group, it's 13 and 24 because I couldn't count. And when I put all their emails in, I counted there's 13 of them. So this year's the baker's dozen. And uh, that's my discipleship group. And this year, Trenton wanted to go a little different route with his. And I'm glad he did because I think it's upwards to the 20 people. And it's kingdom fit men. 
And it's not just uh, spiritual, but it's physical. And there's been several join that group, and I thought about it. And I thought, well, I don't know why you couldn't be a part of a group and still lead a group. So I joined that group, and, and he started off with this very passage and probably the very same points. But he and I has both preached it to, to sports teams. He's probably preached it to youth. It's one of my favorite scriptures to preach on. But here's why I'm sharing it with you on this, the first Sunday of the new year. I don't believe there's a better passage of Scripture to start a new year off with than the Scripture that Trenton's using at the beginning of his kingdom fit men and that he's preached often to youth and sports teams and I've preached often. It just fits. And it's Philippians chapter 3 and it's verses 12 through 14. I want you to listen to it, and I'm just going to give you something to chew on, and I'm going to try to do it all in about 10 to 12 minutes. It says in Philippians 3, 12 through 14, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. This is the Apostle Paul, and he says, Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehend it, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. He says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I don't believe there's a better spot in Scripture to leave one year and head into the next. You've heard me preach it. It's got five D's in it, and here you go. It seems to me that Paul was dissatisfied. Where do I get that? He says, not that I've already attained or am already perfected. You drop down to verse 13, and he says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. Now, without doubt, when I say Paul was dissatisfied, you better listen closely right here. I think it's real evident through the other writings of Paul, Paul was very, very thankful for where he is at. He is thankful that he is now saved, he's forgiven, and he's heaven-bound. We can see in all of Paul's writing, Paul is very, very thankful for where he's at. But he was very dissatisfied with where he's at because he knew that he could be closer and in tune and in touch and have a better walk with God. As good as it was, as thankful as he was where he was at, he knew it could be better. Now look up here and listen to me. If the Apostle Paul had not arrived, I don't think any of us can say we have arrived or we have perfected. I think a great challenge coming out of 2023 going into 2024 is for all of us to be very thankful where we're at. We're saved. We're heaven bound. Be thankful for all of the great things that God's let us be a part of as a church. Let us be a part of as individuals. Let us be a tool in His hand to help fix the broken people. It's okay to be dissatisfied as long as you're thankful for where you're at 
but want to be better in the days to come. You want to have a closer, more intimate walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's evident that Paul was thankful, we know because of all of his other writings, but it's evident here that he says, I'm dissatisfied, I know I can do better. I know I'm not perfect. And so we go into this year, we're thankful for the last year, we're thankful for our salvation, but we want to be closer to God in 2024 than we've ever been. So we see that Paul was dissatisfied. But secondly, I want to point out Paul's desire. I want you to look. It says, not that I have already attained or already imperfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Now, when I preach this message, I always point out it's Paul's desire to get closer to Jesus. It's not Peter's. It's not Silas's. It's not those that was in his circle desire. It was his desire. It does not matter leaving 2023 going into 2024 how much I desire for you to have a closer walk with Jesus. It does not matter how much you desire for me to have a closer walk with Jesus. If we're going to have a closer walk with Jesus, you have to have a personal desire. It has to be you personally that says, I'm dissatisfied. It has to be you personally say that I press on. I want to be closer to Jesus. You've heard me say it before. I go to rodeo camps. I go to to these Bible slash roping camps. And when I see the grandparents pull in with the kids and the parents pull in with the kids and you see it in other sports and basketball camps and sports camps, they pull in and I watch the kids get out and casera, casera, they care less about the roping and the tying and the flanking. But boy, mom and dad's always trying to get them in there. Get in there, let them show you. Get in there, let them show you. Look here. I often worry about... Whose desire is it? Is it grandpa and grandma's desire that they be at this roping camp? Is it mom and dad's desire that they be at this roping camp? Look here. If it's not that kid's desire, let me tell you what he'll never be. He'll never be a great calf roper if it ain't his own personal desire. Now let me take and apply that to you. If it's anybody's desire, it don't matter if your spouse is desiring you to have a closer walk with Jesus. That won't work. It has to be your personal desire. And it is Paul personally here sharing with us his desire to be closer to the Lord Jesus. So you have to be dissatisfied and you personally have to have a desire to have a closer walk with Jesus. Anybody else desiring that for you, guess what? Bear bad news here. That won't work. It has to be your own personal desire. So we see Paul's dissatisfied. We see his desire, but we also see his devotion. Look here. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do. I think it's evident, if you know the Scriptures any at all, that when the Apostle Paul was saved, 
on the road to Damascus. From that day on, he was devoted to one thing. He was devoted to furthering the kingdom for the glory of God. I think that's very evident. Now, did Paul have to have a job? Have you read the Scriptures? He did. He built tents. And I would say after that road to Damascus, if you'd run onto the Apostle Paul, you'd say, Paul, what do you do? He'd say, well, I'm a church planner. I'm a soul winner. But I build tents on the side. The reason I think he would say something like that is D.L. Moody was asked that question after he was miraculously saved and changed, a new creation in Christ. What a shoe salesman he was. And they asked him one time, what is it you do for a living? He said, I'm a soul winner for Jesus that sells shoes on the side. Man, I hope in 2024 we'll realize what our job is, is to none other than win people to Jesus to grow His kingdom. And whatever we do for our income is just what we do on the side. Now, we had some folks from Calumet, I think I say that right, Oklahoma, to come and look at some cows and this past week. And this guy, I met him at the bull sales and in Alabama. He's from Oklahoma. I'm from Oklahoma. We met in Alabama. That's just how this stuff works. It just sometimes makes you scratch your your gourd. But anyway, he come to the house and he's been following me on Facebook and he's an Assembly of God preacher, retired. And when we got in the truck to go look at the cows, his son got out to open a gate and he turned around there and looked at me and he said, I've watched your videos. And he said, I'm absolutely amazed at the relationship you have with the Amish. He said, when I read about them and see how they do church and how they do things. This is what he said to me, sitting in my truck. He said, I'm absolutely amazed at the relationship you have with them. And I said, we're just real to one another. And uh, I said, matter of fact, I said, I just got a call last night from one of the Mennonites. And I said, they asked me if I'd come over on Thursday, January 11th, to their church and be the keynote speaker. I said, and I told them, well, if it had to do with a key and a note, I'd have to talk to David or Mike Dunn about it. I don't know nothing about the key, and I have no idea what note you'd want me to preach it in. I said, I don't know what keynote is, and that surprised me that a Mennonite would know what keynote is. He said, let me back up and start over. You care to come over Thursday, January 11th and be the main speaker? <laughs> I said, I wouldn't mind at all. And here's what he said. Listen to me. He said, you preach whatever God lays on your heart. But he said, there's something that's been on my heart for our men. And it's work as you work. I said, you're talking about the Great Commission, meaning as you go? He said, that's exactly what I'm meaning. So you know what this Mennonite brother is telling me? I work for Jesus. I build buildings on the side, 
And my desire is for my whole church to be the same way. Realize we work for Jesus and we have things that we do for the income on the side. That was the Apostle Paul. He was devoted to one thing, and that was growing the kingdom of God for the glory of God, and he built tents on the side. In 2024, may we realize our job is growing the kingdom of God for the glory of God and realize what we do is just where we do what our job is for the kingdom of God and glory of God. He was devoted, one thing I do. And then fourthly, he was directional. He says right here, but one thing I do... Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Now, one of the things that I always preach, whether it's a basketball camp or a football camp or a roping camp, is to be successful, to be great at your sport, there is a must. And they'll look at me and they'll say, what's the must? I said, a real short memory. And how I explain that to them is if you miss a calf on Friday night and you look like you've never roped before, before you get out of the arena, you need to forget it. Because that one's over, you won't never get it back, and you got another one tomorrow night. You got to forget the misses, you got to forget the mess-ups. Can you imagine the Apostle Paul, the mess-ups in his life, persecuting the church? He understood, I've got to forget the mess-ups. But I also share with those young ropers, that short memory isn't only when you mess up. You set an arena record on Friday night. You hear the applause. Let me tell you what you do before you get out of the arena. You better forget that win because Saturday night's coming and that win on Friday night won't do you a bit of good on Saturday night. So it's important if you're going to be successful in the sporting world, there's a must. And that must, it's a short memory. you got to get over the mess-ups quick or they'll hang you up in the next spot. you got to get over the victories quick or they'll mess you up in the next spot. That's why you'll hear football coaches after winning a playoff game or a game Well, what are you going to do with this victory, coach? We're going to celebrate it about 30 minutes, and we're going to start getting ready for next Saturday. What are you going to do about this loss? We're going to to try to figure out what caused it for about 30 minutes, and we're going to get ready for next week. See, people in the sporting world realize if you're going to be successful, there's a must, and it's a short memory. You've got to be directional because there ain't nothing you can do about that in the past. And the Apostle Paul is one of the people in his writings that made me think about that. That man had some terrible things in his past, but yet he had some terrific and triumphant things in his past, but he knew he had to forget them because the next job, the next uh, thing that he had to face was in front of him, and that's what he had to face. So in 2024, look, I don't know what 2023 was for you. It may have been a terrible year. That's last year. Get over it. we got a brand new year. 2023 may have been a great year. You may have won more souls. You may have have done great mighty things that you never thought you could do in 2023. Let me tell you what you need to do with 2023. You need to forget it because it's over. And you need to face 
and, and, and be ready for 2024. Amen. Are you guys understanding why Philippians 3, 12 through 14? I don't believe there's a better verse to take you out of an old year into a new year. Better set of scriptures than these. And the last thing that I see Paul... Not only was he dissatisfied, not only did he have a desire, and not only was he devoted, and not only was he directional. I think you can see it all over these three verses of Scripture. Paul was very determined. I press on. I mean, this guy was shipwrecked, he was stoned, and he was snake bit. And it didn't stop him. I always just kind of put myself in his shoes. I'm just not sure I could get stoned to death and get a little glimpse of heaven because I believe he did. I just don't know if when they put those smelling salts in front of my nose to bring me back, I'm just not sure I could crawl back in that city and go to preaching. But what's put him back in that city is he was determined to know nothing among men other than Christ crucified. I don't know if I could ever be asked to come to an island and be standing on the beach preaching and a snake jump up and bite me on the hand. I'm just not sure I could just kind of flip it off and say point two. But he did. And I don't know if you remember one day I left Telequa campus and a pin broke on a pickup hitch and I lost a trailer and it was going sideways end over end down the road and it landed across both lanes. And the first thing I done was grab my cell phone because I was headed here to preach and to dial Eric's number and say, Eric, you better get ready to preach. And I just started to hit it, and I thought of the Apostle Paul. There ain't no way he'd let something like losing a little old trailer sitting on its side with only two wheels stop him from preaching. I throwed the cell phone in the seat of that truck. I jumped out, took that Dewey's bed, yanked that trailer over on its side, shoved it in the ditch. And the guy said, how can I help you? I said, I'll be back after it. I've got to go preach. And he looked at me like I was crazy. I thank the Apostle Paul that in the Scriptures I can see how determined he was to let absolutely nothing stop him from doing what he done for the kingdom of God and the glory of God. Now, mine's pretty minute compared to what he done. But isn't it something how when we see the determination of others that it can be so addictive and so encouraging? Because that's what it was. I just thought about the Apostle Paul when that trailer was sitting there, and I thought there is no way he would let that stop him from preaching the gospel. And I got here and got that gospel preached and nobody ever knew what happened. But Mike Taylor wondered because all that grease on my hand where I tried to shove, hook that trailer up. Then I had to break it to Ronnie that his trailer was demolished. But Lord help us to have the kind of determination that we don't let anything stop us from trying to further the kingdom of God for the glory of God. Maybe you lacked a little determination. Maybe you didn't fight quite as hard as you needed to in 2023. Forget that. Say, Lord, I'm determined in 2024. Nothing's going to stop me. I'm not even going to let the devil do my thinking this year. I'm going to be dissatisfied, thankful, but I want to be closer in 2024. I have a desire 
personal desire to walk closer to God than I've ever walked. I'm going to be devoted. My job is to grow the kingdom of God for the glory of God. I'm going to be directional. I'm going to forget the bad. I'm going to forget the good. I'm going to live in the present. I've got to do what's right before me. And I'm determined nothing's going to stop me. I know you've probably heard that sermon from me, Trenton, and maybe somebody else. But I'm telling you, I may preach it again the first Sunday night of 2025. Because I don't think there's a better three verses of Scripture than to leave an old year and go into a new year. And I'm thankful that Trenton reminded me that and is sharing that with a lot of men in his group to be just this. And I thought it'd be worth sharing it with the church to do the same. Father, we love you. We praise you. I pray that none of us would be satisfied with our walk. Lord, when I say that, please don't let us be ungrateful. Help us to be thankful for where we're at, saved and heaven-bound, hell-escaped. But help us always to desire personally a closer walk with you. Father, help us to be devoted to being a kingdom worker for the kingdom's glory. Help us to be directional and help us always to be determined, no matter what comes down the pike, for us to just keep on keeping on. Father, I pray that for everyone within the sound of my voice from right here behind this pulpit to right out there in the pews. But, Father, I pray if there's one within the sound of my voice that's yet to trust in you as their Lord and Savior, Father, that they wouldn't leave this place until they come and call upon you for forgiveness of their sins and the salvation of their soul. Father, we love you. We praise you. We do it all in the sweet and powerful name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, Amen and Amen.